Well, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Pen Up Talk with host Diana Prince. So we finally reached midnight here. I don't know if anybody out there, if you guys are having any issues adjusting to the time change. The only thing that, the only issue that I have with it is that I'm from Arizona. Me and my husband were from Arizona, so we never had to do the time change. So it's just kind of like I have to remind myself and I'm constantly saying, okay, so it's 12, which means it would really be one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Anyways, it's not five in the morning. I went to bed really early because I had an emotionally trying day. Yesterday was very trying <laughs> emotionally and less on the physical side. So I just decided to take an early siesta and gather my thoughts, do a little bit of meditation, do a little bit of praying, and, you know, just get myself together and focus mentally and also redirect my focus. So today I can be, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and have the motivation and the positive vibes to do the things that I have to do despite my emotions. Um, so with that said, this is a topic that I've been wanting to cover for a while. I do believe I've blogged on it and most likely that means I've posted about it here and there, but I really want it. First of all, I want to say thank you once again to everybody who supports my podcast. Um, I seriously appreciate every single little bit of support and it all goes noticed every single bit of it and I appreciate it I like to cover so many different topics and you know initially I woke up really wanting to that's why I put a long post on my Facebook um, pinup page venting about a situation that I'm going through again but yet I'm still not planning on making any changes as far as the way I see things and because of that, the way that I do things. So I really was just like, okay, I want to talk about this. And I'm like, you know what? Don't. You, you just posted about it. You've made this clear for a couple of years now. Um, and what you're saying is a repeat of what you said. And, you know, hey, if the shoe fits, what can I say? There are definitely people who can fit the shoe of the situation, specific situation that I was talking about. But it's, um, it's not really a positive topic, you know, at all. And I just, I, I'm about to start editing video. I'm about to start editing more images and get ready for today. So I really just didn't even want to start off with something negative, even though I can totally take it apart and dissect it and cover it from an intellectual standpoint, filled with facts and logic. I just, I said, you know what, I'm not going to do it. So let's get into today's subject. I want to talk about having a manager, having an agent, and the power that a star or um, a celebrity has when it comes to their career. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. First of all, everyone has a lot of power as far as choices and the decisions that they make and the people that they select to represent them and the companies they select to represent. Everybody's representing everybody. So a lot of the decisions that you're making, um, even things that don't directly pertain to that person, they're still reflecting on them and ditto, you know, vice versa. So when it comes to um, representation and when it comes to celebrities and when it comes to talent, the, the talent, being the artist, being the talent, um, the initial decision to be in that career field is yours. It's ours. I, I'm not thinking of and even aware of anybody who's being forced to be in the industry that they've chosen to be in. Now, with that said, let's talk specifically about pinup. But, of course, this pertains to everything. Um, no one is forcing you to be involved in the pinup industry, and it is an industry. I think that's proven. It's been proven. It's continuously being proven. Um, there's money involved. There's professional careers. There's car uh, career fields. And there's so many different types of people involved on a professional level. So pinup is very much a quote-unquote real industry, period. With that said, everybody has a decision on and the choice. They've made the choice to be involved in this business. That's number one. <laughs> okay, so number two, the type of modeling that you want to do, the type of pinup that you choose to do is also your decision. If you feel you're more suited, more comfortable, or just love old Hollywood recreations and vintage more than anything, and that's what you choose to do. It's a choice, the initial choice, which is yours. Before you start working with people, or maybe you've done other styles of pinup and figured out you didn't like them as much, or you don't like them at all, and you like this one particular style. Say you love doing classic cheesecake pinup, but you don't like doing rockabilly. You don't like doing old Hollywood. Before you've involved anyone, and while you're in the process of figuring out your style and how you want to create your brand, and you start to form and create goals for yourself and for the future, you have to consider the fact that, you know, again, before you've involved anyone, this was your decision, and now you're making choices on what style pinup you want to shoot. You, you're, and then, of course, your, your goals are going to dictate every detail of your plan to succeed at those goals. So once you start developing goals, you're also making that decision to make that a goal and to go after it knowing everything that it entails to actually accomplish that goal. 
These are all decisions that you're making. Once you take it a step further and you start getting involved in publication, you start working with professional pennant photographers, you start going to pennant clothing companies, wanting to model for them, and and so on and so forth. Once you really start getting into the industry, and if you go a step further and actually seek out some sort of representation, a manager, an agent. Now, this is when I'm going to start opening it back up to all types of modeling because in Penup there aren't any Penup-based agencies, and there are very few and I'm saying this assuming because I've never never met one um, that was an ex- exclusively a pinup manager, talent manager. So I'm opening you know this part of the topic back to the modeling industry as a whole. Once you choose someone to represent you, once you choose someone to be your stylist or personal stylist, once you choose someone to be your photographer or one of your main photographers or to photograph you, you, again, choose you, the two main words there, you and choose. These are decisions that you've made based upon choices and options. You chose to get into modeling instead of whatever. You've chosen to spend your money on pinup shoots. You've chosen to hire a professional stylist, and based upon your options, you made that decision. You chose that person. You are in control over choosing these people, unless you have a spouse or, you know, a parent or something, somebody who's directly involved in your decision making. But again, you're allowing it. You're a grown person, and this is what you're allowing. And it may be for all the most positive reasons. I'm just saying it's a choice that you've made. And of course, throughout anybody's career, even somebody doing hobbies, um, they may switch to a different gym, switch to a different class, have a different instructor. You know, trial and error. You know, you learn by doing, not just by assuming you're going to like something. So all the decisions that you're making are based upon choices that you have and the power is yours now once you hire a stylist you're trusting and entrusting in them that they're going to do a professional job and that you're going to love it bottom line when you go to a photographer you are going to pay them because you want high quality images that you're going to be extremely happy with Bottom line, same thing when you directly go to a clothing company and you want to model for them. It's pretty much clear cut and dry what the business agreement is initially based upon. You modeling for them, them selecting you to model for them. You're representing them, they're representing your brand now. So 
I guess my whole overall point in just the beginning of this episode is that the initial decisions are yours so many times in fashion. We have seen, and believe me, there was other people that noticed it too, and then there were people who didn't notice it, and then there were people who actually like what they saw. So, and you know, the stylist may be one of them, um, the talent, the model, or the actress may be one of those people. When you are talking about a major production, something on a professional level, or everybody that's there is being paid, a video shoot, as an example, a music video shoot, a commercial, there is somebody who was hired to be a creative director, or there's somebody who is a director and an assistant director. There's a reason for this. Now, there are people who are hired to come up with a concept, a styling concept to go with the music or to go with the product of the company. They may not even be on set once everything starts to be filmed. They may, they may or they may not be. They are most likely not doing the styling. They're not doing the photography. There are separate people who are hired to do different jobs. That's why it's called a styling team or, you know, my management team or my, you know, my, my team of, of people who've helped me achieve these things because there's a team of people. You know, I mean, I guess that sounds pretty simple. Um, everybody comes together and everybody has a job and everybody's a professional and specializes in their field. Now, there are many other people that do those jobs. And some way where along the way, people made decisions to hire these people and involve these people. And... Again, it's like the domino effect, but look back at the original domino. You're the one who decided to be in that industry. You're the one that decided to model that style of modeling in that industry. You're the one who chose to hire that manager or to hire that agent. You're the one who chose to hire that stylist if, if in fact, you know, it's up to you who's styling you that day. You're the one that has the decision and the, to- the choices to, um, to hire so- photographers when it's your own personal shoot. So when we look at celebrities and we say, oh God, why was she wearing that? The only time I actually think that it's truly what they wanted is when, and it depends on the celebrity, is when, or the model, it de- is when they're on their own time. But even, you know, all the way up to the biggest celebrities, when they attend major events, red carpet events, um, they have a stylist who is choosing what they're going to wear. Now, I'm quite sure somebody can say, I don't like that, or no, obviously. Again, I think it depends on what level you're at and who you are and what we're talking about, because there are fashion models that go on go-sees, go on auditions, book through their agent, 
and they land jobs modeling for certain companies and they walk down the runway in certain things and maybe it may not be their personal taste but again they made the decision to be a professional runway model they made the decision to hire that agent to hire that manager you know etc etc so the decision is there because I have seen plenty of people you know uh, modern starlets if you will celebrities female celebrities and I'm like no why would you who put her in that outfit and my whole thought behind it is is it really something that they wanted to wear and their stylist just said hey you're the boss you're the one paying there is no executive producer for this there is no uh you know storyboard and and fashion board behind this by a creative director this is you're going to go appear on a TV show. This is what you want to wear. You have that kind of power in your career. This is what you're going to wear. And this is what you want to wear. This is what you're choosing to wear. And as your stylist, this is what I'm paid to do, to style you in this outfit. It's your choice. Or is it, okay, the stylist was directed by someone else by another stylist, by a director, by a the creative director, by the photographer, by the producer. Were they not even co- coerced, but not even uh, sit there and try to convince them? They were directly told, this is the look that we need for this. And you're being hired as a stylist, and so this is what we need you to do. Here's the outfits. And then boom, the stylist is hired, they get paid, they do a job. And then, of course, there's stylists who are the ones who make those decisions. So I never look at a picture and say, oh my God, like after just really using logic and researching and representing companies and modeling and things that I'm not always like a total fan of, like, I love this, love this, you know, um, And then I think of events that I've attended, which aren't many, um, but when I do go somewhere and I get to choose, I say get to choose what I want to wear, it's, it's a whole different thing. But I remember and keep in mind that I'm the one that decided to get into this industry. I'm the one that decided to be an and pin up the way I'm in it and brand myself the way I have be a part of the things that I'm a part of involve the people that I've involved I've made those initial decisions but as a stylist I think to myself how many times can I count somebody wanted to wear something I did not think would look the best on them how many times did somebody have their own wardrobe and I it just wasn't my style I I didn't like it at all you know how many times did people again choose to wear something or to do a certain look over and over and over again and I love it it's like that's great you really love my work and you just really happen to love that particular theme but 
man, you know, I'm over it. It's not my favorite thing, but I'm getting paid to do it. I get to be creative. My client's happy. End of story. And this is an industry that I chose to be in. I remind my, myself of that. But I'm just saying, as a stylist, there's plenty of times that the client has chose to wear things that I did not think looked the best on them. Just like posing certain ways or certain facial expressions that I didn't think fit them. Certain hairstyles that I really think look the absolute best on them and they happen to actually dislike. I mean, creative control is a very powerful thing, but who's giving it? You know, those people or that person is very much in power as well. And then I think of things, you know, as a stylist who's, who's being requested to do certain things for a photographer or for a company. And it's like, it may not be my favorite thing in the world. I mean, there's such a difference between hating something versus absolutely loving it. There's many variations. And there are times that I've been through it all where I just really disliked something, where I really, really loved it, or where it was like, yeah, that's nice, you know, it's cute, but it's not really my thing. Or something that gets old and repetitive that someone wants to do that is like not even my favorite thing to begin with. But yet, I'm there to do a job. It's the same thing with working with a client who's unpleasant. I mean, They've, I'm sure they're pleasant to someone and I'm sure there are other people who have felt they were unpleasant just like there's probably many people who felt they were pleasant I mean it, it has to the emotions and the, the personable emotions have to be cut because it's about business and it's like no I don't want to style you in the same theme again you know, no, I actually don't want to work with um, clients who have no goals within the pinup industry as far as the business. No, I don't want to see you wear that outfit, but it's something that you, you want to wear. I mean, and then, like I said, I think of it from the aspect of being told by a company or a producer. It's the same frame of mind it's the same deal it's like I'm being hired as a stylist and if it's something that I don't want to do I don't have to do it but it may not always be my most favorite thing and then there are times with clients and with photographers that hire me as a stylist and with companies where I bring in other models to model for them there are times that they are trusting me and Again, and, and they're instilling their trust in me to be really creative. And they're giving me, I don't know if it's called carte blanche. They're giving me almost full creative direction and control. And I get to build the sets that I want, do the theme that I want that day, do the exact hairstyle, put my model in exactly what I want to see them in. Because... It's a different situation, and the power was given to me. And but, but by whom? That's my whole point. I really started thinking about this topic because I've been working with a model for about a year now, solid, and 
She's a professional fashion, modern fashion model. She is also a plus size model at a professional level. And every conversation that we have when I see her, and I see her uh, about once a month. We try to do twice a month. She lives here in Las Vegas. She's always traveling. I look forward to seeing her every single time. I, 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 you know, as a hairstylist, you know, we sit and talk about things and you get to know someone. And I see that we have, you know, a few things in common, which is not a necessity. But it just makes for great conversation. And whenever we talk about her life and her career, because this is what she does for a living as a professional fashion model, I, I'm always intrigued and I can relate so much and I have so much um, to contribute to the conversation. I, you know, I went to modeling school when I was young and I've just take, you know, I've done other training with modeling and I've just been a model for like a very long time. So, you know, and when I first moved to LA, going to management companies, going to casting companies, going to agencies, going on go-sees, going on auditions, um, everything that she talks about, I can totally relate to. And it's, it's refreshing. It's exciting because I truly do love the fashion industry as a whole. If I were to be asked, do I love it? Yes or no. And that would be my only, I can't say, well, certain parts I don't like certain. No, no, no. Yes. I mean, the industry, as far as do I like fashion? Yes. Do I like all fashion? Of course not. But as far as the industry, there's so many things about it that I love. And I just, you know, I love hearing about experiences, recent experiences of of somebody's travels, you know, to New York or to um, Miami or to L.A. to walk the catwalk and uh, the whole process of it, you know the agent, the agent and the relationship with the agent, all of the things, all the responsibilities that come with having an agent and all the responsibilities of an agent, of an agency, as, as well as a manager and booking travel, you know, going to a go-see, um, an audition where a fitting where there is hundreds and hundreds of girls and then you actually got chosen. If you didn't get chosen, you wouldn't have gotten paid and you had to travel to go to this audition. The the entire process, things like that, booking your own work, um, keeping up with your agent that is trying to book work with you, the constant communication and the power that you are giving them over your career because you have a signed contract and again you capital letters have the choice to choose what agent you're going to choose if you have options plural then that's the choice that you made 
you know, hopefully you'll be happy with it. If not, you choose another one. You choose someone different or choose to not have an agent and go independent. So there's so many things that go along with that. And I think that knowledge is key and that's why research is essential because there are people that actually have no clue how it works to have a manager or an agent. They have no clue. It goes so much beyond, which means it's, it still entails, but it's so much more. There's so much more involved than just setting up your shoots. So much more. Every time I speak with this beautiful uh, professional model um, in particular, when she says certain things to me, it's just like, I don't know anyone else that I'm working with or that I've worked with in a long time that can relate to any of the things that she can relate to. And yet I somehow, even though I'm not a modern fashion model, I'm older than her. Um, I don't have an agent and you know, I don't travel to do all these things. There's so many things that I can relate to. And when she says, well, certain things like, well, I can't alter my hair or I can't, um, show up to this photo shoot with tan lines or I can't have tan lines or, oh, I got this tan because this certain company requested that I have a tan and they paid for it. Or my agent, um, said that I had to have more of a tan for this, or she'll say, you know, um, I had to have my nails natural for this because I've, I've never seen her with wild designs and all of these things. And there's a reason why, because it doesn't fit with the type of modeling that she's doing. Same thing when we were talking about tattoos one day and she was saying that, because I don't, I don't think she has any, I haven't seen one. I'm trying to think, goodness. I, I don't think I've seen one at all. Um, on her, but you know, people don't see mine all the time. So I have some hidden ones, but she was just saying that basically she cannot have them. Like if she were to do that, then that would change her career because she would be a different, you know, the things that she goes for and lands the type of gig she, she's doing, she cannot have tattoos for this. So she said that, you know, and for the, for the part of the industry that she's in. And she said that, you know, even for the models that do have like small tattoos or whatever that they can cover up, they have to go to auditions like that. They have to go to fittings like that. They have to go to meetings like that, you know, with potential clients, whatever, because, you know, they just, it's what they do is they cover it up with makeup and, and that's that because they cannot get the job if they have any visible tattoos and it's the same thing if you're going to be a hair model you can't chop your hair off (laughs) you can't drastically change the color you can't add layers when you had no layers you can't you know decide that you want to grow your layers out because everything has to be current with your images and that's another thing that she can relate to I'm sure um a visible gain of weight, a visible loss of weight, 
this is going to be something that's going to affect your career. You may now have new opportunities available to you because you are a bigger size and that is what more, you know, certain companies need or the the agent that you have, he has more more opportunities available for models that size and that could be smaller or bigger. And but the whole thing is that's going to alter your career because obviously your clothing that you wear when you go on go sees and auditions and appointments is going to change and that's financial if you're going to have to buy new things obviously um, your look is visibly changed and so you have to have updated pictures and it's something that has to be communicated with your agent or manager and it's not something that's communicated after the fact you don't make a major move like dyeing your hair purple when yesterday it was black or yesterday it was blonde all of your headshots are with the blonde hair your most recent work is with the blonde hair and now you've added hot pink extensions and dyed your hair pink I'm not saying it's not going to work that has nothing to do with my point my point overall is that these are not things that are just done by somebody who's at a professional level or anyone who has representation because of the fact that so many steps have to take place once you make a, a visible change like that. It's the same thing with leaving the industry for a while and, you know, coming back and you've lost two sizes. It's going to show in your images. You want newer images you're going to have different clothes and that pertains to maybe companies that you used to model for. I used to model for, and I still do, well, I still represent the company. Um, they're kind of taking a hiatus for the first time I've ever seen, um, LA Kiss Boutique. I began modeling for them, like, goodness, it's been like almost 20 years, you guys. That's crazy. And it was my first gig as a print model in a catalog, their catalog for the clothing that they sell. And over the years I've modeled for them, I began being their spokesmodel. And I know the owner personally. She knows me and my family. And I love her. I love you, Penny, in case you're listening. Um, but she... I'm just thinking about her. I've been thinking about her so much that kind of took me off. But, um, took me off what I was saying. But when I originally met her in the very first, first photo shoot that I did, I was probably like a size, you know, I really don't know. I really don't know, you guys. Maybe like a size 8, like a 7, 8, maybe, you know, like an 8 ish. <laughs> Um, and I wouldn't say I was flat chested, but I was always thicker in my legs and I really don't have the hips. And so I just never had that hour glass figure because I did, I don't, I did not naturally have a big bust area. So my first time that I modeled for her, I remember that. And now all these years later, I'm a solid size 12, no doubt. 
my hair has my hairstyles have completely changed my whole style and my branding has completely changed it has nothing to do with what through what I've went through all my trials and tribulations in my life and my personal life over the past 20 years um, and my experiences with her whatever I'm talking about fashion which all my experiences with her have been fabulous I mean that's that's a record that's a long long working relationship it was bound to turn into a friendship and I'm blessed which reminds me of my photographer that's going to be here soon my gosh you guys I'm so excited very excited always always um so let's stop saying um <laughs> I want to say it again and then if I don't say that I'll say so so back to my point anything and everything that you do that is a visible change or if it's going to be you taking a break from pinup or if it's going to be something like you no longer are interested in doing a certain style anymore or you want to try something new or it's you don't want to work with that photographer anymore or you want to continue to work with this photographer any decision that is going to affect your career if you're going to want to increase the amount of shoots you're doing if you have to financially decrease the amount of shoots that you are doing these are all things that have to be discussed and planned and ultimately decided on and upon with your representation if you have it there's no way around it. If you decide to move to a different city, if your financial situation has changed and now you can afford to invest more in your career or afford to, to take the training that they've suggested that you take or afford to add, you know, a brand new look to your portfolio, change your look, change your clothing. If you can... If you can't afford it anymore and you can no longer afford their services, same thing with communicating with your photographer, your stylist, your manager, your agent, communication. Because everything has to be planned with everybody in mind. You know, I think of someone like Mariah Carey and I think of the diva persona that she has created and how she was nothing like that in the beginning and I looked at what this series of videos that she was doing where she's showing a music video and she's talking about it in retrospect like looking back on the whole thing and kind of describing what she remembers about the video at that time which was years and years and years ago she did this with several videos so her voice is basically dubbed over the video show clips of the video and she talks about her inspiration for the song or I don't think she would was really talking about what was going on in her personal life because she never does but she will talk about what was going on with the concept with her look if she liked it if she if she didn't pretty much she had nothing good to say about any of her looks and the only positive things that she had to say and even the directors or people she worked with the only positive things I remember 
her saying was about the songs <laughs> and, you know, how she came up with the concept or how they came up with the concept with the, of the video. That's it. And if, I don't know if they, I can't remember if they, if she showed any videos where she worked with other artists, but usually she always has positive things to say about them. But she was saying critical things like, oh God, my hair, or oh, you know, the person that did my eyelashes that day didn't know what they were doing or look at my eyelashes. I think we all do that. I don't know why you'd want to mention that. Um, when there's so many positive things you could say about the video, but I just got this whole thing like, okay, well, she was more impressionable back then. She was like this young kid. She was new to the business. And I've also heard her make reference to, and she'll, she'll even do the little quotes, like my representation at the time, um, made that decision. And it's the same thing when I think about, uh, Janet Jackson. Okay. One of the biggest stars in the world for a very long time uh, before Mariah Carey and came from a famous family. Now talk about control. Um, and that was, look, that was the name of her, what, her first album. And listen to the single. She was like, I'm grown up, this and that. She was trying to do her own thing. I don't know if she was really doing it, but she was talking about it. And, um, you know, she did get married and do her things, but I think that the close, the closest of the family was just always there and the fact that they were representing her. Same thing with Beyonce, but I bring up Janet Jackson because she went on Oprah and actually said that Oprah asked her, why would you apologize for the Super Bowl incident if it wasn't really your fault, if it really was a malfunction and it wasn't your fault, a wardrobe malfunction, then how come you apologize? She paused, she took a breath, she paused again, and she said, and very well spoken, uh, like the chosen words is, is what I mean. She thought about her words, and I'm sure she knows exactly what to say because she knew she was going to be asked, and I'm sure someone told her what to say even then. And she said, because of my representation, there you go because of my man management team, Cat Williams, crazy ass. We all know he's crazy. He just said the other day, the last, the last time he got arrested, which was recently, um, was because he was supposed to show up in court and he didn't. And it was his manager's decision that he go to a performance instead of showing up in court. Do I believe him? Yeah, of course I do. Do I believe he does all kinds of other crazy stuff that you would assume his management doesn't like, but maybe they do because it keeps him in the news. Maybe, maybe not, you know, but it, Amy Schumer, I don't know, Schumer, um, the comedian, the blonde girl, lover, hater. I don't, I really don't know. She's funny. I, I've listened to her and I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have an opinion either way. Um, she was on a roast and, and she did good during that, but I don't know about anything else. And I don't really watch too many modern movies. So, um, and most of my favorite comedians are black, African-American, and my all-time favorites are gone and passed away, most of them, you know? So anyways, she, I remember hearing a story about the red carpet event that she went to. She was there with her publicist, 
This is another person that has a lot to do with what a celebrity or the talent is doing and will do. She was there with that person. She said she asked her publicist, would it be okay or what they thought, something to that effect of her throwing herself down as though she's fallen, tripped and fallen as Kanye West and Kim Kardashian West walk through this little area of this red carpet area where you stop and you pose for all these photographers. And her her publicist said, go for it. She said she asked her, and it was something that was very spontaneous. It actually wasn't planned. Um, And, you know, you have to be a a comedian and a character to want to do something like that. Because I don't imagine anybody that would just purposely want to do that and, like, pick out, you know, some of the, or the biggest celebrities at that particular event. And it's like, in front of all the cameras and in front of everybody, let's do this. So she, her, she got the, the thumbs up from her publicist, she went for it, spontaneously just ran over there. <laughs> and I remember her telling the story and she was very pleased. And she, and I remember Kim Kardashian, I remember listening to her saying she really thought she was hurt and, you know, that it wasn't a, a prank and that, you know, she laughed about it later and they both laughed about it. They talked about it and laughed about it. So, but again, this was something that something inside of her as a comedian which she's known to be and branded to be like I want to do something totally goofy and that's kind of like a little stunt and it's going to be spontaneous is this okay with you what do you think about this she didn't just do it is my whole point and I can just go down the line of so many celebrities that have said the same thing they stopped having that one agent or manager represent them because of conflict of interest or because they were leading them down the wrong road. You know, I remember this is kind of the same thing, but not um, an artist saying that, you know, she was trained as a singer and as a performer and as a, um, she plays instruments. So she, she's an, a total artist and that's how she was trained since she was a kid And her career kind of took a spin once she became famous because of the person she became famous through. And when her career took off kind of to do its solo thing, her representation and representation and people were putting her in sexy things and, and, and practically half nude things. And she said it became to, it got to a point where she was like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? This is not what I want to do. This is not what I set out to do. And again, the list is, it just goes on and on about people who have fired stylists because it was like, maybe they were getting too much criticism or because the producer or their manager said, look, I have a better stylist for you or this stylist is not producing what we want to do or we're about to do something totally different for you that we both decided on and we're going to need someone new to do this so the decisions are not always left up to the artist I mean I never would have thought I would hear you know and it's logical but it just never dawned on me to hear hear somebody like Janet Jackson say 
she apologized for something because that's what her her representation told her to do. And you have to keep in mind that, and I don't believe that for a minute, we all believe the Super Bowl thing was a stunt. Her face expression was like, we had this planned. Anyway, same with his. <laughs> but anyway, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but it, it's just, it's, I've lost track here. It's just difficult. I keep thinking of that moment at the, at the Super Bowl. It's just difficult for me to grasp the concept of apologizing for something that you really meant to do. And a lot of stars are doing that these days, and that's to save their butt, to save their brand, and they still end up losing endorsements and contracts with companies. It happens all the time. Even when people are speaking on their own time, if they say something that's truly offensive to a shitload of people, and there is a company that feels like that is going to hurt their revenue, then believe me, in this day and age, that's in the contract that they can end the contract. And it would be no different with a manager or an agent that cannot get you jobs if your hair is neon pink or purple or you're changing it a different color all the time. You can there, There's going to be people who are not going to be able to rely on you as a professional hair model if you're changing your hair. There are companies that only have items in a certain size or only need models to model in items certain sizes. There are things that stylists, producers, creative directors are going to want to see in a certain size person for their campaign ad. This definitely also applies to designers. There are designers that specifically need plus size models, period. If you are not that size, it does not matter who, what, when, where, why. You will not get the job. And there are a million people that fit that size. So then that's when other qualifications and the personal taste of the person in power and making the decision comes into play. But for the most part, I'm saying overall... You know, there are companies, there are brands, there are designers, there are photographers that only want models with a certain look. Or you can fit different looks, but there's one thing that you cannot have, like tattoos. Or you can't have your hair a certain way. Or, you know, you can't be five foot tall to represent that particular company. Or this is a company that specializes in petites. You know, you have to fit the clothing the way they want it to, f- to fit, not just fit it. And you have to have the look that they want and you're going to be in competition with so many other people. That's why I have so much respect for people who do choose a manager or an agent because it's not just as simple as them setting up your shoots, submitting your pictures. If you have somebody that's doing a lot of things. They're your publicist, they're your manager, they're your agent, they're your personal stylist. You know, you are giving them a lot of power and it has to be, communication has to be incorporated into it. It has to, it has to be there for planning and giving them the power to make the decisions. And that comes along with constructive criticism. This does not look right on you. This is not flattering for you. 
this isn't going to be good for your career, things like that. If these are things that you don't even want to relate to, don't ever have a manager. Don't ever have an agent because if you are lucky enough to get one and they are worth their weight in gold, they are going to be selective in who they represent just like you should be selective in who represents you. It's the same thing with representing a company when photographers have a main model, when companies have a main model. Everything that you're doing is representing their brand. And anything that changes, that's a visible change, anything that is going to alter your career, your plans, your goals with them, these things have to, unless it's an unforeseen, oh my God, this just happened, these things have to be planned ahead. No one who values their own time has other clients that values their time and expects, you know, uh, production and positive results. Nobody's going to want to waste their time on somebody who is in and out of the industry, on somebody who doesn't have a backbone, doesn't have any confidence, um, can't take rejection, can't take constructive criticism, can't take advice, won't follow their instructions, and does not give them the power to make the decisions based upon the goals that they set for themselves. Nobody's going to represent you. Nobody's going to represent you for long. You to make all of the, the decisions and to be a Mariah Carey um, style diva. You either have to be producing almost everything on your own, which she does, and but at the same time, look how many other people are involved. She doesn't do everything. Um, but she's the one making the decisions, deciding who to involve. We all have that choice. But as far as every little decision and down to what she's going to wear at every single performance, every single event, she has control over that. That is not realistic for the majority of models, period, or actresses or performers. That's especially if they're public figures and they're celebrities because they have lawyers, they have publicity agents, they have managers, they have agents. You know, they have stylists, they have consultants, producers, directors to get to the point where you're calling all the shots and you can just make, hey, I'm going to cut my hair off today. I'm going to do that. You're still going to have people that are going to say that's not because I even heard Mariah Carey mention that about her weight gain, about how it wasn't something that she really noticed, which I don't know how, but um, it, it wasn't something that really bothered her that much. But certain people, meaning part of her management team, brought it to her attention, showed her the pictures, and she said, okay, you know, she does realize that, that there is a difference, and, and why, why would she go back to being thin? It, it wasn't like she exercised and went on a, a weight loss thing or dieted. Obviously, she lost it fast, and she's never admitted to doing any dieting or exercise at all. And she's constantly traveling. So you see someone like that and, and then you hear what she said. 
someone in her management team brought it to her attention. So I guess they were saying that it's not flattering that much weight gain on her. I don't know if they even went a step further and said that that would affect her sales. I don't see how. She's been around forever and obviously she's has real talent. I mean, it takes talent to write a song even if you don't sing it. You know, and it takes drive to, I think she put out nine albums in a row in 10 years. That's virtually like an album a year. That's insane. You would have to be an artist like her to understand how much work that is. And you're just living in the studio. You just roll over, take your shower, eat your breakfast, and you're in the studio. And then you do it the next day and every day for nine years, almost for for 10 years. That's a lot of work. So anyways, I'm going to end this because we're almost at the 60 minutes. I just wanted to give all the examples of what it means to have a manager and representation and why we see certain stars wearing certain things because of the stylist who decided based upon their personal taste or because of direction that they received or direct instructions that they received from a producer from a creative director you know there's just there's so many people involved and when I hear somebody say I can't do that because that wouldn't be good for my career or you know I have to talk to my manager or my agent about something like that or I'm gonna you know I want to do something new um I'm going to talk to my manager or my agent about this. I have nothing but the ultimate respect for them because it takes discipline to go after your goals and give so much power to so many people. And it takes guts and discipline and drive and a backbone to actually sit up there and have someone tell you that something that you're doing is not flattering or that a decision you made in your career is not good or that you need to improve on certain things and you take it and you embrace it and you are so grateful that you actually listen and take that advice excuse me I have nothing but respect for people like that because having limitations when it's your career and your empower and giving so much power and decision making up to other people it, it takes a lot to, to be that type of person. And I commend everybody for that. And for people who don't know, hopefully this podcast will enlighten them. Uh, all you have to do is look it up. I mean, a manager and an agent, they perform different duties. So does a publicist. So does a professional stylist or a personal stylist of your own. So does a creative director, um, executive producer, assistant director, director. You know, when you want to seek out these people or someone comes to you and they're in this position, make sure you research because knowledge is key. Learn what they're about. Know what they're about before you get involved in a situation and think that, you know, the decisions you're making aren't affecting several other people. So I hope everybody has a great week. It is Monday. Oh, my gosh. It's Monday, you guys, Monday blues, but I'll see you online. This has been Penna Talk with host Diana Prince. Ciao.